thank you, Papa, for doing this interview with me. I'm glad to, Rachel. I call Ralph McGee Papa because oh. he is my Papa. And <laughs> I asked you if you would do this interview because um, you've had a very interesting life. And um, you're 88 years old, is that right? Mm -hmm. 88. You're yeah. my only living grandparent. Well, <laughs> sorry for you. <laughs> well, I wanted to make, I just really feel very lucky that I have this chance to talk with you and yeah. hear about your life and document it and share it with other people um, because you've had a fascinating life and sometimes very frustrating life. <laughs> yes. Well, before, and maybe I can let you, would you mind talking a little bit about these significant parts of your life instead of me telling everybody? You um, well, let's see. I went to the University of Notre Dame and played football there and we were undefeated for um, the, the entire time I was there. Yes. Um, after Notre 1945 Dame. to 49, was it? Yeah. With, was it Leahy? Frank Leahy was the coach? Frank Leahy was the mm -hmm. coach. Uh, he, uh, well, let me get on okay. to it. Okay, yes. Uh, so I, I worked at a commercial uh, Montgomery Awards for a year, and then uh, I was recruited by the CIA. Mm -hmm. And uh, had to go through the various clearance process things, uh, lie detector test, and filling out a, a humongous form uh, to check, you know, see my credentials. And after, uh, and then I went to to work in the CIA. And first. Assignments were were not too interesting, but uh, I ultimately got into the area of countering uh, communist subversion, mm -hmm. particularly in Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam. Counter communist subversion. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it uh, may seem like a grandiose claim, but I I think I can document it. Uh, what what. What the communists were doing was sending out small teams around the area, and these teams were dedicated to recruiting and forming communist cells mm. in the country. In the country, mm. and uh, they were sometimes assassinating people and uh, and other acts of terror. So. I was charged with, in that area, of uh, countering that. And what I did is I formed uh, teams of uh, government officials, hmm. uh, possibly about five or six or seven, eight people, and they went into the villages, uh, the troubled the villages, and talked to the people. And we had been getting reports of all sorts of things going on, but not really understanding what it was. So I uh, uh, 
let's see how much detail I want to get into. Okay. Uh, I found out that the best way to counter this was be to expose what was going on, and uh, that was the trouble with most of our intelligence. We just had spot uh, reports uh, of some sort of activity. Well, I wanted to put it all together so that uh, it would make a big picture and you could understand the entire threat. What I did, I formed is had, uh, with help from others, of course, formed uh, teams of about seven people, and then go into a village and, and into the troubled villages and talk to uh, everybody uh, that we knew about and didn't know about. Mm. And they, uh, the, the first, uh, and then at the end of the effort, which is usually about a, a month, I'd write a final report. But what, what we were finding out is that uh, the communists had sent teams and, uh, of their own people into the village and were recruiting them into the communist cause mm -hmm. by talking about the sins of the government. Uh, and that, that we were, uh, that they were uh, lap, lap dogs of American imperialism. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, when we got this first admitting admittance, then with the people confessing had to say who was in the other uh, th three man cell, because I always formed them in, th in three man cells. Three man cells. Huh. Uh -huh. And uh, so once we got the first admission and the identification of the others, we could go out and uh, and question and then not, not ruggedly accuse them, but say, look, at you're, you're working against the government here, and if you want the amnesty of the government, you've got to come clean mm -hmm. and stop your uh, communist activities. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we, we found that once we did this, that the you, you get the confession. It's a three-man cell. You go from one to one person to another cell to another another, and uh, it pretty much defeated the uh, communist recruitment efforts. And uh, yeah. the the village was no longer a problem village. Mm. Um, so we did one village after another in a uh, province, hmm. and at the end of the uh, activity in the province, I would write a situation report, an overall situation report, mm -hmm. identifying what the communists were doing and uh, exposing them, and uh, once we were telling the peasants you could you can uh, you can no longer do this mm -hmm. uh, because we we would be placed under arrest. Um, but we found that most uh, most of the people were willing to quite easily to confess mm. because we had them you know uh, right right to the, we knew what they were doing anyhow, mm -hmm. and uh, we went using this first admission that they gave us. 
uh, picture of how the communists were operating and how to counter it. So um, we went from village to village, the problem villages, and uh, did this. And it uh, worked fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we, in a year's time, went to four different villages. And we found that whenever they had confessed, they, they stopped there any cooperation with the communists. And in one case, a mm -hmm. uh, man was so ashamed of what did we discover, he committed suicide. Wow. wow. Uh, mm. uh, that's primarily what we did when we went from province to province. We went for a, a year's period, we hit four different provinces. Mm, and then, uh, for some reason, the uh, CIA uh, had had their own projects and they weren't working. Mm -hmm. But when uh, these reports were coming back, getting the highest evaluations in, in the State Department, in uh, the governor's office, and everywhere they were disseminated, they would, they would get the highest praise possible. Mm. And it was defeating the organizational activities because once they confessed, they, they knew that they were uh, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. ah, let's see. But that's, uh, and as I went from four, to four different provinces doing this. Mm -hmm. And at one point, uh, the chief of station called me in and said, Ralph, you're doing a tremendous job out there, but uh, we want you to end it. Huh. Uh, and this is what started my uh, problem with you know, yes. with the agency. Why would we stop something that we weren't hurting the people? Uh, it cost little money, mm -hmm. and uh, it was gathering such detailed information. Mm -hmm. The so, success uh, and the success you were having. Would you like some water? Huh? I'm just going to get you some water in case you need some. Oh. Go ahead, sorry um, to interrupt you. Well, from that point on, when the agency decided to cancel the operation, it caused a complete misunderstanding in me. Why are we doing this? Right. It's, you're, you're destroying what the, the communist enemy, you're doing it at a little cost, we're not... Uh, and we're not hurting the people. Mm -hmm. And some of the uh, other uh, tactics that had been used, in one case they were burning people in oil. If they oh wouldn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's if horrific. They wouldn't the, the tactics the communists were using? Yeah. Yes, that's horrific. And, uh, oh. but we won back the goodwill of the uh, villages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you were succeeding. And this destroyed the cell structure. Mm. But the problem for me was that at the end of a um, year, uh, the agency, the chief of station called me in and said, uh, you have to uh, stop this project and, and go home. And that's when my uh, counter efforts mm -hmm. uh, seemed uh, futile. Mm -hmm. 
So why, I, why did he say that? <coughs> I, I think, I'm not quite sure, but I think there were other projects by other groups, mm -hmm. uh, government groups, pro-government groups, that uh, were not working. Hmm. But there was some great deal of jealousy hmm. because of what uh, what we had accomplished. Hmm. Too bad. Yeah. And I, from that time forward, I uh, I battled with agency officials, primarily the chief of station, hmm. and uh, they told me if I didn't shut up, I'd be fired. Wow. Uh, but as the years went on, I worked with these, worked in the CIA, and uh, ultimately, for some, I guess, reason that my work was pretty good, they gave me a career intelligence medal. A career intelligence medal, right? Yeah. That's quite an honor. Yeah, hmm. it's right over there, by the way. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I see it. <laughs> so that's where the uh, F, uh, my. Uh, my attempts to help the agency, help the American people, and, uh, mm -hmm. and finding this opposition to it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, un unacceptable. And so I continued from that point forward to uh, look at other things the agency was doing and mm -hmm. become a, a very vo mobile, uh, vocal critic. Yes. What was the primary? complaint you had about what the agency was doing that made you want to? Well, the uh, when the communists organized in the village, they would always create a, uh, a incident, make an incident where their people would be armed, and they would sometimes kill uh, the, the loyal Citizens. The communists would kill the loyal citizens. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we had one case where they would burn them in oil, mm -hmm. uh, burn a person in oil just to mm -hmm. uh, scare the other people. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the, the communists had a very organized system of, of how to go about uh, uh, developing this uh, mm -hmm. structure in the villages, mm -hmm. and it was working. Working. Mm -hmm. What they were claiming is that the uh, uh, the people who were opposed to the U.S. to the uh, the government were nothing but lackeys of the uh, of the mm -hmm. U.S. and uh, therefore were not an honorable thing, but it mm -hmm. was a dishonorable. Right. <sighs> I seem to. I know you've been talking a lot. I got you some water if you want to drink some. No, thank you. Um, I remember. I read your book. You published. You wrote a b book called "Deadly Deceits" in 1983, I think, and um, which was widely received. And you had you have and you created a database called CIA Base. But and this was primarily you were speaking out against what the agency was doing. And if I correct me if I'm not getting this right, but what I seem to remember was that. It was about the making the case for the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and they were the CIA was telling the American public that the people of Vietnam supported the U.S. going in to overthrow the communists, right? But in fact, they actually didn't. That's right. And so, and they were telling you to put 
information that backed up that claim in your reports. Mm-hmm. I refused. You were t- they were telling you to lie in yeah. your reports. Yeah. And you refused. And uh, mm-hmm. I refused, and that's uh, began, of course, uh, that was sort of the end of the progr- progression of my career. Mm-hmm. And I was told I would not be given further promotions, wow. and I was doing uh, things that not were not, not not to be tolerated. What did they tell you? What are the kinds of things they told you to put in the reports? Oh, that the uh, well, you you'd go out and you'd write up a report about a village, and they would say, well, uh, uh, you can't report that. Uh, uh, that what we're doing is wrong. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's not the way to say it. That uh, you have to take our governmental position yes. and back it up with mm-hmm. your, your information. And I refused to do it, but they made it very miserable for me. Uh, finally, uh, went public with it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say these things while I was, I couldn't do these things while I was in the CIA because I uh, I was risking being fired, which Mm -hmm. I did risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they never fired you. (laughs) They never fired Actually, they gave me the career intelligence. That's right. It's very very, interesting. Very much down the line. Yes, very interesting. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, after, after leaving the agency, retiring from the agency, I could bring out all these things that were bothering me. And uh, I sat down and researched the situation and and wrote a book about it, Deadly Deceits. And uh, got it published and Mm -hmm. that was sort of a spur that was in my backside Mm -hmm. until I could pull it out, Mm -hmm. which I did. But that book was, I think, illuminated a lot of truth about what the U.S. government was, t- you know, telling people, and yeah, and that took a lot of courage for you to do that. Well, yes, I guess it, I guess it did. It certainly was a uh, a blow to my morale. A uh, blow to your morale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I say blow, I mean I <laughs> career I career long blow to my morale. Mm-hmm. And when I got out, I I wrote the book Deadly Deceits to mm-hmm. uh, to explain what was going on to the American people. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you want to? I mean, I think some people. I'm sure you had colleagues of yours in the agency that also didn't agree, but mm-hmm. a lot of them probably just kept quiet and didn't speak out. What was it about you? You think that made you? Well, I think. Uh, I recognized the part of the problem, mm-hmm. and I didn't let my uh, pro CIA uh, emotions uh, counter what what I was doing. That's not a good way of saying it, but yeah, I think get the mm-hmm. idea. It's okay. I can edit this out. I can edit this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another fellow in the CIA who had come to the same observations that I had, mm-hmm. and we 
we got together and talked a lot. Mm. And uh, uh, when my book came out, I said, well, when are you going to publish your book? Mm. And he, he decided he didn't want to do it. Mm. He was afraid, probably. Yes. Um, well, you and you, um, you know, they did. I, don't, I wonder if you were afraid as well of retaliation. Oh, sure. That's mm -hmm. the whole time you wondered. Well, I was, I was told they would fire me if I didn't mm -hmm. stop. Uh, but I uh, I didn't think they would be bold enough to do it. Right. And yeah. the thi I think it's fascinating that they, they didn't fire you. In fact, they gave you the Career Intelligence <laughs> Medal. Well, that was 10 years later. And they, right, uh, things, right. So uh, things that uh, uh, boiled down a bit since, mm -hmm. since that time. But that's, to me, that says that somebody out there had respect for what you were, respected you yeah. for what you've been doing. Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I want, uh, there were people who may not have vocally supported me, mm -hmm. but who uh, admired what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I wonder if it was around that time that the public, the American public started realizing what had been happening. Oh, yeah. And there was an outrage about the uh, exactly. false propaganda, yeah. about the Vietnam uh, War, right? They won, uh, thing I, I wrote about is that the uh, how bad our policy was towards Vietnam mm -hmm. that we couldn't win there there's no way we could win it's the only reason uh, there's no reason to stay there mm -hmm. and I told that to the station chief and he said you got to you can't say that right. and uh, uh, that it sort of set off, let's see, I'm trying to make a point here. And I, so I swallowed up my opinion for a while until I could retire and, and get it out to the, mm -hmm. uh, get it out without being financially uh, burdened. Mm -hmm. Well, you succeeded in retiring and you retired early, I think, where you were, you well, I, at the end, of, I had to stay another uh, almost 10 years mm -hmm. because just for financial reasons, and I did. And uh, when I got out, I wrote, wrote uh, the plot for the book, not the plot, but the story of the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 I could prove everything I was saying, not just me saying it, but by the facts that existed. Mm -hmm. And I got, got the book. But what the, when I submitted the book to the agency, which I had to do because of the secrecy agreement, mm -hmm. um, they tried to say, oh, this is secret, this is secret, you right. can't say it. And I countered that by going to the public domain information, you know, Washington Post, the magazines, uh, other one or two others who were doing the same thing, mm -hmm. and uh, this uh, let me say what I wanted to say by citing them. Sounds there's power in going to the press and getting the word out to the public. Yeah, <laughs> and you that's you defeated them. By, you know, you won when you. Yeah, that's did that. uh, it's surprising to me that I actually did win. Mm -hmm. without, without terrible consequences. 
but uh, it was a long, hard struggle with my morale, particularly. Yes. And worry about my family. Well, because you, uh, I mean, they were. Um, you'd been followed, and your phones had been were tapped. Yeah. Right. Wait, after you retired. Yes. Uh, yes. At, uh, mm. Yeah. One time, I was talking to, on the phone with somebody, and. Uh, someone from either the CIA or dissident uh, or whatever it was started arguing with it, talking over the phone. <laughs> well, you were talking to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So they were listening to your phone call. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. You know, I think um, the title, I told you, the title of my podcast is called The Courageous Path. And the I can, it's of called The Courageous Path. Uh-huh. And I can think of no other person I've known in my entire life than you who's taken the courageous path. And you mm. kind of exemplify that. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was tough. Cause I, I sometimes uh, contemplated suicide. You know? Yeah, I remember reading that in your book. <laughs> well, it hurts for a little bit. Yeah. You don't have a net of Kleenex Yes, I here. do. No, I think people, um, from my experience, life is about ups and downs. It's not all rosy. Not <laughs> all what? Rosy. It's not uh, all yeah. easy. But yeah. it, you know, some people I think would have it have maybe said, "I'm just going to end my life. It's too hard." And but you fought, and you decided you were going to. Speak out uh, yeah, and I change help. Couldn't see what we were doing to the United States or what we were doing to the Vietnamese, or mm. and uh, of course what we were doing to the Vietnamese, we we're doing on a worldwide basis. Right. So I'm trying to reform the agency, which is not a easy thing to do. Do you feel like here's this is. <laughs> hesitant to ask this question because I think I know the answer, which is kind of depressing for me, but maybe not. Do you feel like um, things have changed today, you know, in terms of well, how the American government uh, operates or people uh, operate? Um, I think there's a lot of in human nature that people want to protect their commercial or their uh, financial interests mm. and, and uh, and when you're working with a group of people and they're all saying one thing, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of pressure to go along with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it still goes on uh, everywhere, mm-hmm. but uh, this was a certain area where it was pretty obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know what the agency is doing now. Right. I, I have. Uh, uh, I did write up all of this and submit it to the the uh, CIA to to uh, there was a branch uh, element that uh, was willing to uh, uh, start new things, mm. but uh, I, I I could not. Do it because whenever I tried to do something, uh, there were, there were uh, yeah. consequences. They didn't. They don't like people that speak the truth about what they're yeah. doing. I think my observation of what's happening now is that the government still operates in secret and a lot of things. However, I think 
people are starting to figure that out and uh-huh. people are speaking up and asking to be told the truth and fighting for what they believe is right like you did more and more people i think are are less afraid and hmm. more courageous i get that feeling and i mean i it gives me a little bit of hope <laughs> so um and then you know i i just want to read one quote that i read before we push record cuz i think it's important that you said if you don't mind no um you have a very long Wikipedia entry. You've done a lot of things in your life. Oh, yes. So this is a quote that you had. I'm not sure if it was from your book, but you said, the CIA is not now nor has it ever been a central intelligence agency. It is the covert action arm of the president's foreign policy advisors. In that capacity, it overthrows or supports foreign governments while reporting, quote, intelligence, justifying those activities. It shapes its intelligence, even in such critical areas as Soviet nuclear weapon capability, to support presidential policy. Disinformation is a large part of its covert action responsibility, and the American people are the primary target audience of its lies. End quote. Very powerful. And very true, I think. <laughs> possibly still true today. Uh, it's probably, possibly. <laughs> Let's hope I don't get well, in trouble sure for putting this out. <laughs> it's a different picture of where we are. Yes. Or whoever it is. Yes. I think, yeah. yeah. There's hope, but I think there's still, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, we're still here. Yeah, that's right. We're still here, and there's new, the new, there's always different new situations, but I think my opinion is that to a certain extent, history repeats itself sometimes. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just a matter of I, you know, I think the difference is that people are kind of waking up a little bit and saying we're not we're not gonna just listen blindly to whatever you tell us anymore. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, believe. Any so one last question, which is, what what is the is there a lesson or the biggest lesson that you feel like you've learned in your life that maybe you care to share mm. with people listening Back who you could day. inspire with your story? Uh, well, it's to... The road I took, I think, was a little too dangerous. <laughs> uh, if you could work uh, a little less boldly Mm. and go and attack the problem Mm. less strongly, Mm. uh, you could gradually achieve, you know, your your problems, uh, not your problems, but your solutions. Mm -hmm. So maybe, do you think you could have done that if you had taken the... No, it was so... uh, Surprising to me, uh, in a very negative way. I, 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 I just waited until I re- could retire and mm. didn't, didn't tell mm-hmm. it. So I, you know, I could still support my family, mm-hmm. and uh, until I got out. And when I got out, I. You did. Yeah. It sounds like it was still very difficult for you. Oh yeah. Emotionally it, and personally. Yeah. That was very hard. But in my mind, it's, maybe this doesn't help that, but you um, had a big impact on the world. And I can see in the Internet that people are still 
watching some documentaries you've been in. People are still reading your book, and these is part of history. And what you've done, in my mind, is inspiring other people to similarly speak up, even though it may not. You may not have been happy at the time, and it may have been quite difficult. I I see that that was part of your purpose in your life is to speak the truth and inspire other people to be bold and courageous. And to me, it's inspiring. To me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I've been told that I'm courageous as well by some, and I think maybe it's in the DNA or something. Although I could only aspire to be as bold as you've been or as courageous. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. So okay. thank you very much, Papa, for talking with me. It's All been right. quite an it's honor. It's an honor to do so. Well, it's an honor for me. Okay. Shall we go have lunch?